Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. I'll tell you, Dale, that can be a little dangerous, though, because I was about to start belting it out also. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> you could go for it. <laughs> Well, um, it is good to have all of you, uh, like once again, like I said earlier, to uh, be part of Unity on the Bay. And uh, I want to take a moment to recognize those that are here at Unity on the Bay for the first or second time. If you would be so kind to raise your hand if this is your first or second time, we'd love to welcome you. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Like I said, it's one of the ways in which our circle expands. And if this is a place that you've called home for a while, uh, or maybe we haven't seen you in a while, also know that we're just so grateful that we can connect and be together. So at Unity, we believe in the power of blessing. And so for those that are here for the first or second time, Unity on the Bay would like to bless you. So Unity on the Bay in gratitude, it just goes into that place within their hearts where we recognize all of you who are here for the first or second time as children of God, as expressions of good. And so we give thanks for you and we give thanks for the opportunity that you show us to see God, to experience God in a deeper way. We see you as expressions of love, light, joy. And here and now, we commit to stepping deeper into an awareness that all of humanity is an expression of good. And so it is. We let it be. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, for those of you who are here, pretty new, um, I feel like it should be practically on your welcome packets when you first arrive at Unity that I am the corny minister. Um, And uh, the last time I spoke, I didn't give you a joke, and I felt like I owed you one. So uh, there's these two guys that are speaking, and uh, one of them says to the other one, You know, in my church, we welcome all denominations, most especially 10s and 20s. (laughs) Good, right? Be warned. Be warned. (laughs) But, you know, I, I, I saw that joke, and it made me really think about unity on the bay in that there are many times, I don't know if um, how you define unity on the bay or the questions that you get asked about unity on the bay, but some people say we're transdenominational, interdenominational, we're non-denominational. And it just made me really think about our community. And more than what we call ourselves, do we welcome all denominations at unity on the bay? Do we welcome all denominations? Okay. Good. I'm glad you feel that way. And I want to ask you then, how do you define welcome? Do you define welcome and being welcoming to all those um, that come into Unity on the Bay as simply allowing them to have a seat and be a part of our auditorium, our sanctuary? Do you um, say welcome? And when you think of welcome, are you recognizing this opportunity of really connecting one-on-one with the people that are around you? Are you, in that moment of welcoming, welcoming them fully? All belief systems, all ways in which those belief systems play out in the world? Or do you have some expectations about the people that are stepping into Unity on the Bay? Do you have some expectations about the ways in which people that we welcome into our lives should behave? 
I have to tell you that I wanted to share with you about expanding the circle. I believe that we are here to expand our individual circle, the ways in which we are connecting with others and grow those relationships, but also as a spiritual community. And I have to tell you that as I was preparing for today, it was really tough. It was, um, I was all over the place because I realized that as I spoke about wanting to welcome all at the table, that the reality is, is I needed to face that I don't always leave a seat for everybody. There are some individuals who I might feel a little uncomfortable inviting into the table, but I let them come in because it's just a little uncomfortable. And then there are some people that I feel much more uncomfortable, and so I create some separation. I create some walls, right? Because it's not fun to feel that uncomfortability. And yet... I know that I want to expand the circle. And so how do I do that? How do I grow the ways in which I am an expression of God's love and light without having to determine just who gets to experience that from me? Think about that. How many people, how many situations feel so uncomfortable that you don't necessarily want to have them share a seat at the table for you? When we uh, began this morning... I realized just how powerful and what an amazing morning we were having at Unity with the music, the daily word that was beautiful, right? Jean sharing about her experience with spirit groups. How do you feel when you walk into Unity on the Bay? Great. Great. What else do you feel? What do you feel when you walk in? Free, inspired, happy, peaceful, love. That is beautiful, and it's the things that I feel also. And the ways in which I know I feel blessed when I walk into this place doesn't only tell me that I'm blessed, it gives me an opportunity. It actually gives me a responsibility to know that the ways in which I'm experiencing all of you and all of this is really also setting me up for blessing others, right? I feel love here. It fills me with love so I can be love, right? It fills me with peace. It gives me peace. What? So I can be peace. And so the question becomes, have we allowed ourselves to pretend that we welcome all into our lives, that we give everyone a seat at the table, or are we going to be honest with ourselves about the fact that we have very, or I'll say just for me, that I have preconceived ideas of the people that I want around me? and the people that I will connect with at a deep level. So that's the question. And for me, this really is about recognizing the ways in which God is moving through me as me to open ourselves, to bring people in to a deeper experience of good. I've been really thinking about the fact that... um, you know, 9-11 just took place a couple of days ago. Uh, the honoring 9-11 um, was just a few days ago. And I was in my early 20s when 9-11 happened. And so I didn't even realize it until this week just what an impact it had on me because it really formed sort of my adult years. It was one of the biggest things that occurred in my adult years. And one of the things that I realized that there was so much pain, there was so much hurt. And... I went on Facebook and I saw somebody put a little meme up that said, I miss 9-12, you know, like that day where everybody felt like they were connected, 
There was no parties. There was no division. It was all just everybody coming together. Do you guys remember 912? How do you feel <laughs> about the state of where we're at in this moment compared to 912? There are, there are divisions right now. There are fears going on right now in the world. What I realized for myself is that at least for me, I hadn't done all the healing from 9-11. You know, it was like that day after 9-11 where everybody like kumbaya and everybody was together. But the reality is that I don't think that we went deep into the healing of what had actually occurred. The fear that was showing up, the anger, the rage that was showing up. We sort of maybe skipped over that, or at least I will say that I personally skipped over some of that. And I find myself that now is the time for healing. Now is the time when I have to recognize, even if it's uncomfortable, that I am creating some sense of separation in the ways in which I act and go out into the world. It's not easy for me to stand here and tell you that, um, but it's true. You know, I was thinking uh, my sister has a really good friend who I don't agree with 95% of the things with, right? 95% of the things I don't agree. He's actually my niece's godfather. And so I've had a big issue with that. And I've actually asked my sister why she would even have him in her life. Because she, he has different ideas about what's going on in the world and how to show up. And I'm not saying that I'm going to invite him over for dinner tomorrow, but in getting ready for today, I realized I need to be much more open about who I'm having dialogues with. I need to be much open about letting people express themselves and me respond in a healthy way. How many of you feel like the world is calling for a healthier response? I mean, the reality is in this diverse world that we live in, right, there's going to be different opinions. There's going to be different ways of showing up, right? We can fight all of that, or we can recognize that regardless of that, through all of that, we can still experience unity and togetherness. Amen? Amen. So in, um, you know, some of you know that I love Brene Brown's work and in Braving the Wilderness, she talks about what she feels um, as a social worker is happening in the world at this moment. She says, the world feels high, lonesome, and heartbroken to me right now. We've sorted ourselves into factions. We've turned away from one another and toward blame and rage. We're lonely and untethered and scared. So damn scared. Now, I am not so scared. When I was reading that, I, I don't feel all of that. But I do feel that there is that in the world. And so when I see that that is what is happening around me, I ask myself, what is mine to do? When I feel peace and I feel love and I feel this togetherness that we experience, whether here, whether at home, whether in my meditation time, for me, the next question is, then how do I bring this out where people are feel, not feeling it? I love uh, the Chadwick song, right? I want to know what love is. How many of you know what love is? And yet, there are people who ask that question day after day after day. And if I'm honest with myself, there are days that I say I know what love is, and there are days that I say, show me what love is right? And what a beautiful thing that we can be at the table reminding each other that, being the expressions of that. Now, 
it's not easy, right? Like I said, I probably would feel uncomfortable inviting certain individuals to the table, to the conversation, to the dialogue. But Neil Donald Walsh says that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. What does that mean for me? Life begins at the end of our comfort zone. Well, for me, it's about life begins the moment that we move fully out into the world, uncomfortable or not, to share our love. Most especially when it's uncomfortable, right? Like the, like the Bible says, you know, forgive and love your neighbor and love the enemies. And how much easier is it to love your friends and your loved ones than your enemies? But we're called to love our enemies, those that are different from us. It, to me, it just um, reminds me a lot about like high school um, lunchrooms. How many enjoyed the high school lunchroom experience? Yeah, you must have been at the cool table. <laughs> I was not. I was in the nerdy table, right? But it just reminds me of that. What we're experiencing now is that we're all sort of having a meal, but we're so separated in our different tables based on who our like-minded community is. I love that we have a like-minded community. I love that we get to feel comfort and peace when we enjoy each other in like-minded community. I don't think it stops there. I think it brings us that comfort, it brings us that peace so that we can go out to the places we're uncomfortable and be that peace. And so that's what I wanna get from this community and that's what I want to, um, that's the way that I wanna express my life. Life begins in the moment of uncomfortability because we have to step into the places where it's not easy to be love, peace, joy, wisdom. And we have to really face that it's what's being called from us. Now, after the honoring of 9-11, It was so appropriate that a couple of days later, we were having a World Day of uh, Prayer for the Unity Movement. How many of you know about World Day of Prayer, had heard about it? So World Day of Prayer, I think it's 25 years that now it's taken place, and hundreds of Unity communities joined on from Wednesday evening to Thursday evening in holding thoughts of peace, in being in prayer, and being of one mind, and they had a guiding prayer, and it really touched me. It says, aligning my mind and heart with the mind and heart of God, I center myself in pure being. In a state of spiritual realization, I remember I can never be broken, limited, or unworthy. Courageously, I rise into my true spiritual nature in this moment of healing. I heal the whole of me as I accept that I am brave, I am bright, and I am beautiful. As I heal in body, mind, and spirit, I support healing in my family, my community, the earth, and the world. Centered in pure being, I am a healing presence. Take a breath with me and just speak that with me. I am a healing presence. I am a healing presence. And so it talks about healing our body, mind, and soul, right? Our spirit. It talks about us also looking internally about what's going on. I've been talking a lot about the uh, divisions and maybe the isolation and fear that um, is outside of us. But if we are honest, we have that going on inside of us, right? We isolate people, but we also isolate parts about us that we don't like. How many of you have uh, wanted to sort of like just push away the shadow, the ways in which we show up that we'd rather not show up in? We don't necessarily look to be a healing presence for all of that that is going on. We just decide that we don't want to look at it. We want to pretend that it's no longer there. We don't invite them to the table within our own being. And if we could, if we could face it, if we could embrace it, 
as a part of who we are and remember that we are children of God, remember that we are whole, then healing can take place at a greater level. You can't heal something that you're not willing to look at, right? You can't heal something that you're pretending not to be there. So in those moments when you feel like you are pushing a part of you away, what you're doing is you're creating even more of an opportunity for you not to see yourself as whole. Because why? You've divided yourself. We've divided ourselves. And so it's so much harder to see ourselves as whole children of God. But the moment that we can embrace those things, the moment that we can expand the circle of love around every aspect of who we are, then the greater opportunity we have to then be that model of love, of peace, of brotherhood, of humanity out in the world. Why? Because we're modeling it. But we're not only modeling it for other people, we're modeling it for ourselves. We recognize that we are able to do it and we're able to see beyond the separations. I love that we come to a place in unity. Because in unity, I was telling Reverend Chris earlier this week, if there is a language to be had for the unity movement, it's the language of love, right? You hear words of love here, right? You hear words of non-judgment. Rumi says that his religion is love, that every heart is his temple. Think about that. My religion is love. Every heart is my temple. If we, every time that we are connecting with somebody, whether it's somebody that makes us feel giddy and happy and all of unity, or somebody that is making us feel uncomfortable, can recognize, take a step back and realize that their heart is the temple by which our love becomes sacred. Because that's what I think. A temple is where things become sacred. So I can be love, but the moment that that love enters my heart, enters other people's heart, it's when it really gets juicy. It's when it really gets good. And so treating each other in a way that invites us all to be part of the dialogue, part of the table, and to recognize that we are really that welcoming essence of God is where the gifts lie for us, I believe, now, and is where we are being called to do some healing. We are worthy of loving ourselves whole, every aspect of who we are. Do you believe that? Do you tell yourself that? When's the last time? We, I know we've asked you to do that before here, but when's the last time that you walked across the um, mirror and you just looked at yourself and said, I love all of who you are, right? We, I mean, think about the analogy of the mirror, actually. The analogy of the mirror for a lot of us um, is you look into the mirror and you begin by, oh, I look good. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> there's like, there's, but I mean, seriously, right? How can we stand in front of the mirror without any judgments and truly just love everything that we are? everything that we see, everything that we experience about ourselves as children of God in a process of healing. So I want to invite you to do something with me. I want to invite you to just close your eyes for a second, take a deep breath, and just for all those aspects of you that you have embraced and for all those that you have tried to put to the side, just take a deep breath and speak quietly to yourself, I love all of me. 
I love my allness. Take a deep breath. Open your eyes. That's some healing going on. Now turn to the person next to you and look at them and say, you are beautiful. You are brave. And you are a child of God. Now I want to, you guys want to go a little deeper just very quickly here? Because what I want you to do is see that's, you know, when I mentioned, you know, how are we welcoming people in? At what level are we connecting with individuals? I also want you to take a moment now and look at somebody next to you without saying a word and just look into their eyes and let them know that they are worthy, that they are expressions of good. No words, just a stare, just a gaze. I think this is our calling. I think that when we come here to Unity on the Bay and we feel the things that we feel, it's not only because we deserve it, it's not only because it's for us, I believe it's because it is really giving us all the tools and all the skills to go out into the world and let people know that it is also for them. That isolation, that fear, that division is no longer the way that we want to live and that we want to create this human experience of unity at all times. We want to grow our table. We want to be able to sit with each other, even in moments that it's uncomfortable, and know that we are expressions of love, sitting in front of expressions of love. It is in that moment when we're able to do that, that I truly believe we will have done what the daily word for today said, creating world peace, what the prayer for World Day of Prayer said, healing at such a deep level, and it takes courage. But I have to tell you something, guys. We've been in this room enough. Well, those of you who are here for the first or second time, believe me, you have been in this room enough for me to know that we have everything we need in order to be able to express all that is we are to be able to express out in the world. See, I got so excited. I got all twisty tied on my tongue and everything. But all I know is that the time is now, the people is us, and this is the opportunity before us. And I would love to be part of that journey with you because together I think this is what we're here for. Together, this is what we're being called into. And together, this is the vision that we are going to achieve. And so thank you for being a part of that. Blessings. Let's get on our way and let's have the courage to heal ourselves and the world. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.